You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sixers dropped game one in Miami, 106-92. Not too many positives to take away. There there was one or two, but we'll we'll get into that. It was just an all-timer in terms of, holy hell, what did I just spend three hours of my life doing? Um, And unfortunately for my guest, who always seems to be my guest when I feel this way about Sixers games, uh, it's, it's Dave early. Dave is back with me on the pod. Um, Dave, I, I got nothing. I got, I have no words. Words escape me. Okay. There's no- <laughs> anyone, anyone tuning in right now is, is a thousand percent, uh, looking to hate, listen, and, Pretty much. and, and hoping that we just completely rail on this team. I mean, are, are we necessarily against doing that? No, no. If you if you listen to a post game pod on that game, would you want someone to tell you that things are going to be just fine, or would you, <laughs> or would you want someone to burn it all down? I'm I'm torn. Uh, I I'm a huge proponent of burning things down when it comes to <laughs> games like this. I, okay. I I am I am Seth freaking Rollins when it comes to that. If anybody is a uh, in that concentric circle of Sixers fan and WWE watcher. Um, let me just start here. When the tweet came out with the starting lineup and it was DeAndre Jordan and Paul Reed, I literally put the tweet out and said, okay, well, I guess I know how this game is going to go. I I don't even really need to watch it. That's kind of where my brain was at, at the tip off. And that was a really sad place to be. Yeah. Our, our Paul Hudrick went to practice, um, to report and, Got some good good uh, audio from Doc. Basically, I think Doc downplayed the idea that his starter matters, right? Was it Saturday? And he was like, you guys are going to make a big deal of whoever our starters are. I'm not going to do that. For me, what we're worried about is the last seven minutes. And when he said that, I thought, oh, this um, this guy m- sounds like he might start DeAndre Jordan. Yeah. And, and he's already like warning us don't worry that doesn't mean he's gonna play the whole game i'm still gonna get paul read his minutes um and so i started thinking of that possibility but man seeing the game and seeing how bad uh deandre looked and then seeing him come back in the game after his first stint was like a minus unbelievable i couldn't believe it it was like i I just don't understand i mean you you hired daryl morian and like he has like computers the size of nasa and rooms and and it and they can't figure out that this guy's not helping their team for for those of you that don't know and aren't uh looking at the stats just yet 
First of all, don't look at the stat sheet. We can tell you everything that's important. Uh, DeAndre Jordan was minus 22 in 17 minutes. That's all you need to hear. And I hope I never see DeAndre Jordan on the floor for the Sixers again. I really don't. Paul Reed, Charles Bassey, and uh, I, I don't know, throw I, – I, I would be perfectly okay with some Millsat minutes at this point. If that's all I'm getting from DeAndre Jordan, just put him at the end of the bench. I don't want to see him anymore. Yeah, I mean, you got to think if Maury just waved DeAndre like a few days ago that they'd be in a much better spot. I mean, that they would have had a chance. They would have been in that ball game with eight minutes to go in the fourth. Um, remember remember for that brief, happy period of time where uh, we had Willie Cauley-Stein. Yeah, I, it was, he I got was, a 10-day contract and he got waived. I wondered, I wondered why they didn't do the same for DJ. I'm thoroughly convinced and will remain thoroughly convinced that Willie Cauley-Stein right now is better than DeAndre Jordan. He Collie Stein will give you so much more than what DeAndre Jordan has been given this team over the last, I don't know, month and a half, two months. I, I don't even think it's a hot take. I think it's obvious. I mean, you don't have to even see him play to think like, all right, he made an NBA team. He played last year. Uh, I think he had 16 points in a game at some point last March or whatever. Come yeah. On. The, the other thing that I really need to get into is, once again, the, the Sixers bench. Jesus. Uh, Niang 0 for 7. Uh, Thibel 1 for 3. Paul Reed technically came off the bench 2 for 6. And then Shake was 1 for 3. This, when you go up against a team that's as deep as Miami, if your bench is not great, you're just going to get run out of the gym after a while. And that's just what it seems like the Sixers did. Is, is it time to shake up some of these rotations a little bit? And well, I'll, I'll ask specific questions in the second half of this podcast, but like there's some rotation uh, ideas that needs to happen. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm looking at this statute and minivan was over seven. Um, I just I don't know what you could do. Like if he, he was goes, over seven, but was still somehow plus six, which is just weird. It is weird. Um, <laughs> maybe it has something to do with Jordan. I don't know. Um, maybe he got to avoid. Did he get to avoid the Jordan minutes somehow? If he did, he's probably the only one. <laughs> and the, the outside shooting for the Sixers just wasn't there as a team. No. Six of thirty-four from three. The, the Heat weren't that much better, 9-36. And I'm going to get real quick. I'm going to circle back to DeAndre Jordan real quick. And this stat just kind of, oh, God almighty. The Miami Heat just housed, housed the Sixers on the offensive glass. Just housed. Yeah, I mean, just – Awful. There's really, yeah, exactly. There's really nothing we <laughs> There's nothing to say. We're searching, we're searching for ways – to try to explain what the hell happened, but like all of us have eyeballs, right? Well, so the, the thing that I was thinking was like, I remember someone, I think it was Derek Bodner asked Doc, you know, about DeAndre Jordan and alternatives. And Paul Hudrick reported that Doc cut him off and said, we like DJ. He's been great. We, we like him. He's been a, great. What? You know, he said something like, I know he struggled tonight, but we need a role man. And so, I thought to myself at the time, Doc is 
substituting the real question. The real question is who would be the best backup center? And he's substituting yes. in which one of these guys represents the best role man and lob threat. Yes. And he's, he's arriving at DJ as the answer, but he's asking the wrong question. And when I watched tonight on the rebounding, I thought, yes, they are getting absolutely murdered on the glass. There's nothing they could do. But Doc's answer to that was to play more DJ, and it wasn't better. They were better off having no chance at rebounds with a little center like uh, Paul Millsap or the, the minutes that Paul Reed was actually able to give them because Reed played pretty well. It was a minus three. The, the worst statistic of the entire night to me is that Paul Reed did not foul out. So yeah. it tells me – why were you overly concerned about leaving him on the bench that he only played 13 minutes if he should have fouled out like a long, long time ago because he was your best option? Are you saving that last foul? Like what if he could have given you 17 minutes? <laughs> and I, I will say when the Sixers went uh, smaller with either Reed or, you know, Niang was playing small ball five and they ran the zone, like Miami had a hard time getting points. I don't know why I, oh God. yeah. So I think they, they effing asked, Doc Rivers. I think Doc asked the question, which one of my backup bigs gives me the best chance at a defensive rebound right now? And his answer was DJ. What we should have been asking was, which one of my backup bigs gives me the best chance to win the minutes? Like, right. score the points. When you score the other team, when you're out here and your team is shooting six to 34 from three, and yet, you know, Tyler Hero is lighting it up. I, I have been very afraid of Tyler Hero like blazing up this series, and tonight just kind of showed why. Uh, Hero is legit. Uh, I I don't know how or why he didn't get the Sixth Man of the Year award if that hasn't been awarded yet already. But Tyler Hero was fantastic tonight. Yeah, I mean, you look at 15 minutes for Matisse. I know the fans are really, really down on Matisse because of his vaccination status. And I know that he was demoted for continuity purposes. Danny, Danny Green really stepped up and made you not miss him. And he looked outright bad at times. But he deserves more minutes in this series for the guy you just talked about. He's the one guy that can stay with him on all these screens. Yeah, I thought he got a gorgeous block in the first half. And they called a foul, and it was driving me so insane. Which was nonsense. That was clean. It was clean. Uh, and what's worse is they were letting a lot of contact go on the other end. James Harden was besides himself by the half because they were putting a hand on his elbow on multiple jump shots. I saw Tyrese Maxey angling for the same call at one point when Gabe Vincent closed out and contested and you know, just didn't really let him have a full follow-through. And... So when that foul on Matisse came through, I was like, oh, this is, is they're going against us here on and, both directions. And you knew as soon as that foul was called, you knew Doc was going for the hook, like, right away. Like, I yeah, can see it. I think he he makes the decision, like, okay, he he did a dumb foul, even though he, he made a good play, didn't foul, got a tough whistle, and uh, didn't get a ton of chances the rest of the way. When you have Harrow playing 29 minutes and Oladipo – play in 26 minutes and being pretty damn effective you need Thibault to be in that game more than 15 minutes I'm sorry all due respect to Shake Milton I need 25 from Thibault I need 25 minutes I think if he gave Niang a, a more of a quick hook because you saw against the Raptors 
Yang can't get stops at this point in the yeah. playoffs. They're either going to score on him or the refs are going to call foul on him. And that's been consistent. So if he's not making shots, I'd rather you give him a quick hook in this series and get some more defensive possession because Miami is not an awesome uh, offensive team. Offensively, the Sixers were some of the starters were okay. One person in, in uh, particular is Tobias Harris. Tobias, okay. We have said many, many things about Tobias Harris on many, many Vox Media podcasts, but Tobias has been playing his ass off this, this playoff run so far. Another great night tonight. Uh, 27 points, six rebounds, minus 25, but, you know, that, that's, again, that's, Deion, that's the DeAndre Jordan effect. Uh, 11 of 18 from the field. Like, Tobias has been really good so far in this playoffs. Um. I'm just seeing a tweet go viral that says post game Doc Rivers. We like DJ. We're going to keep starting him, whether you like it or not. Um, uh, so if that's I, the case, if that's the case, then uh, your job uh, hinges on DeAndre Jordan's success, Doc. Yeah, Glenn, but I don't. I don't want Glenn. Your job from- is now dependent on DeAndre Jordan uh, and his and, and how good is or bad he is. That's what you're basically <laughs> saying to me right now. That would be my follow-up question. I would literally say, okay, so Doc, are you willing to put your job on the line to put DeAndre Jordan in the starting lineup? Because I'm telling you right now, your job is on the line if that's what you're doing. I mean, he clearly is, and um, I, I guess he, he's stubborn. He's not willing to reassess that he's made the wrong decision and the more public out, outcry he's going to get and backlash he's going to get, the more he's going to dig in, which is – not a good thing. I then I'll, I'll let him dig his own grave. But back to Tobias, like he's yeah. T- Tobias Tobias has had a really good playoff uh, run so far, and it, it's it was nice. It would have been nice if Embiid was in this game, and we'll like I said, I'll touch on that in the second half of this podcast. But Tobias, what have you seen from Tobias this run, and like how important is it that he kind of stays aggressive and stays on this path that he's on right now offensively. Well, two ways, matter of fact. He's just putting together, man, just the best basketball he's ever played in his career. And it's awesome. He, I don't know. I remember, I remember seeing him go viral because Kevin Durant crossed him up uh, back on March 10th. Yeah. And Kevin Durant does that to everybody. So it's like, what are we even talking about? He does, but it just felt like a low point because since the Harden trade, he was shooting so poorly and he wasn't getting like tons of stops like he is now. So he was kind of, you know, a guy not on top of his game on both ends of the floor very recently. Like that's not even two months ago. And now you you can't even have imagined such a, uh, he's just in flow is the best way I can say it. He's not thinking, at times we've seen him when he misses a few shots revert to like, he's clearly wondering what to do and he's taking four dribbles to figure it out. Um, So now even when he misses a couple shots, he's still just kind of uh, back to it. And he's just been a beast in transition. Like when he gets the rebound and goes, you used to think, "Uh Oh, pass to someone. Um, He's going coast to coast. I don't know. Pass to a ball handler. Yeah, now you're like, all right, this is buckets. Toby's Toby's got it on the run. I, I will say this about uh, James Harden: I was very, very hopeful that his aggressiveness in the last part of that first half would carry into the second half, 
and it just didn't happen. It just seemed like he settled in the second half. Finished with 16 points off of 13 field goal attempts. He only got to the line for fourth free throw attempts. And I, I get it. That's part of his game. But if the if the free throws aren't coming, like, James, you, you just can't settle for jumpers, man. Like, I'm sorry. Especially with Embiid out, you can't do that. Yeah. I mean, there were more than a few people saying, maybe unfairly saying, like, he's got to drop 40 now that Embiid's out. He's, the pressure's on him. If you were hoping for that, this is a pretty big bummer. Um, if you had more measured expectations, uh, then he had an okay first half. And then, like you said, he, he just couldn't maintain that aggression. Maybe he started settling. Um, I thought he got a really, really tough whistle in the first half. Like, I was frustrated the way they were fishing him at both ends. You see yeah. TJ Tucker you know, kind of flopping and for to draw two fouls on him. And now he has to think about how he defends. Um, and then he's going in and drawing plenty of contact and not getting those same calls that are going the other way. And I think, you know, you saw him approach the official and wanted to talk about it, but macro level um, without Joel Embiid. And if he does play, he's going to have a broken face and a broke and a torn thumb. You Fan know. of the process returns. Yeah, but we're not far from having these very, very difficult conversations about James Harden and trying to figure out, like, what can he do this summer to get to become a better player than he is now? Tyrese Maxey had a decent game, you know, 19 points, 6-15 shooting. Yeah, he had a, it was a decent game, and he was doing the, the typical Maxey things. And I, I, thought he had a, I thought he had a pretty good game. Like, he should have shot a little bit better from three. But, like, I'll, I'll take it based on, you know, how Miami was playing the Sixers defensively and what they were allowing and not allowing. But just Miami was just so physical, as evidenced by the points in the paint stats and the offensive rebound stats. Just offensive rebounds 15 to 9 for Miami. And I, I get it, the Sixers are without Embiid, but even still, like that, that you can't allow that. Sixers were like the 29th-ranked defensive team with Embiid. So yeah. <laughs> They're just like a, a college team now without them trying to get defensive rebounds. Good um, to their credit, they were getting forcing misses, but they just couldn't uh, couldn't corral it. Well, we're going to take a short break and kind of recollect our thoughts after this, this drubbing. Like 106-92, Sixers left 51-50 at the half, but then they just had the, their doors blown off. Uh, 56-41 in the second half is just... Just not great. Just overall not great. But we'll be back after a word from our sponsors. It's the Out of Sight Podcast post-game edition on the Liberty Ballers Podcast now. Okay. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. 
Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Back and look, like I said, from the top, Sixers drop game one, 106.92 in South Beach. I do want to ask a couple questions going forward, and this has to do with uh, some, some rotation stuff. I'm going to say this right now. I think I think Korkmaz should get a little bit more run in the series. What do you think? Um, I think that's an interesting idea. I, I think if you – if you trade for James Harden, the first thing you think is, all right, you got to get some, some snipers who can't wait to shoot threes around right. him. And they have Danny Green, um, and they, you know, they do minivan. But if you told me James Harden had like 28 points tonight, I would have guessed, okay, maybe that means we saw Korkmaz or Isaiah Joe or Shake Milton hit like five of eight from three. So I think you might need one more guy. I don't hate the idea. I'm open to it very much. I, I think because, look, if Shake Milton isn't going to have that kind of quick trigger that Korkmaz has, then what's the, what's the point of even having him out there? I like Shake, but I think at this point what he's bringing you is like a secondary or tertiary shot creator. And with James Harden as your primary weapon, you really don't need that. It's totally fine if he's your only ball, ball handler. And he's sharing the court with Tobias and Maxi a lot of the time. So you really don't need what shakes all third ball handler. It just right. makes no sense. You're just you have three guys on the floor that basically do the same thing. Doc loves his guys who have ISO, you know, hooper skills. Oh, but that's, um, that's not really gonna work in this series four four times out of seven, which is what you need. Yeah, you need you need to see like Quirkmaz had this problem where he's a shooter who couldn't shoot for a big chunk of this year. And if he never earned his way back into the rotation, I, un- I totally understand why you can't be cold for that many months, but if suddenly he's hot and you might as well get creative. I mean, if you're playing Deandre Jordan, 25 minutes, I'm right. Well, <laughs> you're, doc, you're playing, you're, you're choosing to play Deandre Jordan for 17 minutes in a playoff game. Okay. I, I feel like that you can be a little bit more free, a little bit more frisky with your lineups. Exactly. I mean, Charles Bassey was there. You decided not to play him. You wanted to play the guy who very well might be the worst player in your entire roster more than his three backups, which is just mind-boggling that for the love of something, play, uh, play Korkmaz and just see if he can get hot. So he did, to his credit, he played him 10 minutes and he hit a three. But if you wanted to go back to him in game two, I'm totally down to give that a shot. I, I will say this about the series. For that first half when, you know, it was, like I said, 51-50 at the half, it just showed that even without even without Embiid, these two teams are incredibly even, I think. And with Embiid in the lineup tonight, I think the Sixers won going away. So, like I said, and we all say we just need one. need one in Miami. And if the Sixers can steal game two and then maybe hopefully Embiid comes back for three and four, like, I kind of like our chances here. If you can get one in Miami, then you can say, all right, we have home court. So if Joel's ready to go, we get really excited. If Joel's not ready to go, you say, hey, we already won one on their turf and now we're home. So you'll have the confidence 
Uh, I agree with you. I think it would be a series. I think if you could magically have Joel back, I mean, if, if Joel in any capacity might be good enough just because you're no longer seeing Jordan and, and plus he's maybe the best player in the world. Um, if you could allow yourself to dream about a healthy version of Embiid, I think the Sixers would probably look like the clear better team right now, even though Miami was the one seed. But if you could have Joel from like game two, game three of the first round before the thumb and before the face, um, it's hard to imagine this, the Heat competing with them at this point. And like, oh my goodness, these teams are so ridiculously even. It's it's crazy to me to, to think about this. And that's why I'm just like, okay, game one really, really, really sucked. But I don't, I don't think this is over by any stretch of the imagination because if Embiid comes back and like you said, if he's like 75, 80%, like, I don't, I don't know. If, I don't know if the heat necessarily win this year is going away. Like it'll go seven. Yeah, that's fair. But uh, we'll, we'll just see how, how that rocks, you know, game two later on this week, hopefully doc maybe plays Deandre for like seven minutes instead of 17 minutes. That would be nice. And yeah, let's, let's, let's get frisky with these rotations. Like you got, Embiid is out, so you know what? You gotta you gotta be creative at this point. You gotta, like Dave said, do things that give you the best chances to win, Glenn. That's all we that's all we ask. That's all we ask. <laughs> and and I'm, look, and I'm not I'm not above asking for more help. I mean, Daryl Morey, you've got machines, you've got statistics, you're the one who signed DeAndre Jordan. If Doc Rivers found himself in the broadcast booth this time next fall, you'd have to feel a little guilty signing Jordan and then being hands off in terms of the rotations. Uh, unbelievable. We'll, we'll just have to see how this plays out. Uh, Dave, once again, always nice talking to you after a playoff game. Um, one of these days it's going to be after a playoff win, not a playoff loss, which kind of, which is just bad timing on our part, I guess. Hopefully yeah, maybe game two or game three, we can uh, do this, run this back. That, that would be fantastic. Uh, <laughs> any, anything coming up from you, Jeff, coming down the pipeline? Um, well, I'm going to have to write about this game or the next game or adjustments. (laughs) So yeah, look, look for me. I might have something to say about whether or not Daryl Morey can intervene here and, and offer some front office help to the coaching staff. Somebody needs to do something. That's for sure. (laughs) Someone needs to do something. Somebody needs to get in in Glenn's ear. Like I'm just calling him Glenn from, from here on out. He hasn't earned doc at this point. He's lost the title of doc. Like his, his doctorate has been rescinded. Like, I'm sorry, like the university, like the Sixers Nation University, we've rescinded your doctoral status, Glenn Rivers. Like, I'm sorry. Well, Zumoff would be proud. That's fine. It's all, all respect of Mark Zumoff in the world. Uh, game two later on this week, Sixers drop game one. We'll just see how this rocks. This is going to be a long series if the Sixers can steal one in Miami. So let's just hope for that. And then we get the big man back in game three and four. Dave Early, always nice talking to you. I will speak to you soon, my friend. All right, my friend. Thank you. to do's less time and an infinite number of tools to keep track of sometimes doing business has never felt harder 
but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on the <laughs> No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.